The sticks began appearing sometime in mid or late April, I think. We have an enclosed patio. Some may prefer to call it a three-season room on the back of our house. It's not, it's not fancy by any means. It's essentially an enclosed concrete slab where the one wall is just a continuation of the siding of the house, suggesting that perhaps it was an afterthought or a later addition. We've enjoyed this room over the years. We have a patio table and chairs out there and, and a, a glider. And we've hosted meals. We sometimes enjoy just sitting out there or eating out there. Or I, I've taken to writing out there from time to time. Although, to my shame, I think, I, it hasn't been a regular practice for me. And so, yes, in, in the, the summer months in particular, we, we have enjoyed using this space. This year, it's been a different story for a couple different reasons. The first is that we just never really got around to cleaning it up and making it ready. We, we've been so preoccupied we were preoccupied at the end of the school year, and then that preoccupation just continued into the summer months. So that was a part of it. Another is perhaps a, a, a comfort factor. Our ceiling fan that we have out there ha has not worked in a while, and the replacement that we purchased for it turned out to be a dud. It didn't work. We did everything right. We even had an electrician out to look at it, and he said, you know, you did the best you could with this. It just is bad. And so on those inevitable 90-degree days, of which there have been plenty this summer, just haven't wanted to sit out there in that heat. But probably the primary reason Really, the main reason that we have not tended to spend much time out in this part of our house is because of those sticks that began appearing on the sill of one of our windows. The, these windows, they are structured where they open they hinge from the top, so and you have one of those little cranks that you use to open it as much or as little as you wish. And so it creates this, this little canopy sort of effect. And apparently, certain members of the aviary community found this to be beneficial to their needs. And so, little by little, day by day, more and more sticks began to appear on this one 
sill. It looked a little messy at first. There were some times where these sticks, a couple of them would just kind of be hanging and dangling, and it didn't really look like much. It just looked like a little bit of a mess, like there would have been a strong wind and some, some detrius just got stuck in the screen. But after a long enough time, it started to look like something more. It began to look like what it was intended to be, that of course being a nest. And before much longer, there was a bird sitting in this nest every day. Occasionally, she would fly off but for the most part, you could count on seeing the top of her head and the tip of her tail sticking out of this bundle of sticks. So, of course, we, or at least I, became increasingly interested because I knew what this eventually would mean. The male bird would occasionally visit. Sometimes it was usually just be her, but sometimes it would be the both of them. And then eventually you could see a couple of tiny heads, their mouths wide open, poking out from within. And these birds would tend to these new little ones. And it was surprising to me how fast they grew. It would, it would just, it seemed like it would just be a couple of days. You would, you would see these tiny heads poking out, wanting their food, wanting their next meal. And then suddenly they were almost as big as their parents. It was so, so, so fascinating to watch. And then, of course, one day, they were all gone. The birds had gotten big enough where they were able to fly off and continue the next stage of their lives. So, of course, after this happened, I thought, okay, well, now that, I guess now that that's over, I, I can think about maybe going out there to, to, to take this down, and maybe we can do more with, with, the, with the patio now. But then, maybe a few days later, maybe up to a week, there once again was a bird sitting in this nest. You could see the top of her head, and the tip of her tail. Now this was a curious thing to me because I didn't realize birds did this. I thought that once they built their nest and once they had their eggs and once their babies hatched and got big enough to fly off, I, th I thought that was it. I thought we were done. But and, and the other thing is, I don't know if this was the same bird or maybe if another bird thought, wow, this is a, this is a really nice setup we got here. There's a nice 
nice shelter from the elements and so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna make the most of what someone else has done i i don't know that i i i was curious i i've done a little bit of reading apparently there it, it doesn't happen often but there are some species of birds that reuse their nests or that if they find a nice enough situation they'll use someone else's nest because building a nest as i saw takes a lot of time and work so it, it at least looked like they were of the same species and and so once again we had little tenants out on our back patio and after a good couple of weeks probably again the tiny little heads poking out wanting food and then maybe a week two weeks later they were suddenly big enough to again fly off and continue the next stages of their lives it remains to be seen whether we're going to go through this again it's early august so I, I don't know how many times they go through this cycle before making plans for when the weather starts to cool down, but, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and wait a little bit, and I'm going to go ahead and watch, and, and we'll see. It, the, our, our kitchen sink overlooks this nest, so it, it's really easy to check in on what is happening out there this calls to mind a, a phrase or has called to mind for me more than once while watching this play out a couple of times when when we talk about leaving the nest as human beings we we use the metaphor in in similar ways that birds do the the way that it plays out for birds when we when we talk about leaving the nest we talk about we we've spent so long going through a time of growth and development and discovery and then once we've reached a certain point it's time, we say, to leave the nest, to go out, to fly off and continue the next stage of our life journey. Now, the easy way, the, one of the typical ways that we benchmark this is what? High school graduation or maybe college graduation. Given the economic realities of today maybe that even takes a bit longer but nevertheless usually we we mean it in terms of a young person reaching a point where maybe they've acquired certain educational credentials or or vocational training of some kind or or something else that, that they've reached a certain point where it's time for them to move on 
It's time for them to proverbially fly off and to begin some new chapter, some chapter that is going to be as a direct result, hopefully, of all that growth and development that has come before. Now, of course, this is in the best of circumstances. The most pristine, perfect, linear set of circumstances. The, the, the convenient, easy life story. Once after you do this, then this is what happens next. And that sounds really nice. And when it can work out that way, all the better. More power to those who are able to still make it work this way. But for others, leaving the nest, it can take a bit more effort. It can take, it can be a bit more of a, a roundabout sort of journey. But that's okay. After all, we're not birds. And sometimes leaving the nest is not so simple. Welcome to the Coffee House Contemplative Podcast. I suppose that what this episode is really going to turn out to be is a deconstruction of the leaving the nest metaphor. I mean, that that's really what this is basically going to be. But the, I, there, there's going to be some value in that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be bothering with this. What, what, I, what I want to do is examine the way that we use this term as humans, the way that we appropriate it, the, the meaning that we try to convey with it. But also I want to acknowledge the limitations of it, that, that it has a usefulness to a point. But then, like most or all metaphors, then it breaks down eventually in the face of analyzing further details or, more simply put, it breaks down in the face of reality. And I think that our reality is, is one where perhaps... The concept of leaving the nest it is not so easily is not so easily appropriated or applied anymore. So, or or maybe it should have always been this way, 
but there were certain cultural assumptions that that many of us were operating with in former times. But let's let's it'll it'll this will all seep into to where I want to go with this. So, what is a nest? What what is the meaning of nest for us as humans? We we think it of it as a place of nurturing. These little birds, they hatch, and then the parents nurture them. They give them food, they provide safety and shelter. They they care for them for this earliest season of their lives. So so they they provide this nurturing environment for them to develop. And part of that is also that they provide safety. They provide security. And this particular nest in in the nook of one of our windows, it's a pretty nice, safe, secure location. It's it's not really in danger of being blown away, of being disintegrated by rain. It, it's it's a very nice little spot that these birds have have staked out for themselves. I I find other nests in our front bushes sometimes, and they they do not get the repeat treatment. I don't think. So, so these, this is a little safer location than those, than those others were. But again, those others also provided what they needed to provide for a time. A safe, secure place for one to be nurtured. Now, the next thing is that there is also an element of dependence. That these little ones are dependent upon their caregivers for food and for safety. And and so so they they are they are depending upon those fully grown adults to care for them. And they can't do much for themselves until they have been nurtured in this safe place long enough for them to find their own footing or their own winging. There's probably another term that could be used, but you, you, you see what I'm trying to get at. So, so when we, that pretty well encompasses the way that we human beings talk about the nest. It is a place where one is nurtured hopefully or, or typically up to a certain point. It's a place of safety and security, and it's a place of dependence, usually, where usually a younger person is dependent upon caregivers up to a certain point in their lives when they have done a certain amount of growth and dependence. So then the next thing and really, we're already reaching the end of the nest metaphor. The next part of it is that leaving the nest is an important and one might say mandatory right 
of passage. When those birds got big enough, they were gone. When those birds were were reached a certain age and a certain size and a certain probably confidence level in their in their flying ability, they were gone. And that was it for them. It's time for them to do something else. It's time for them to to move on. It's it's that rite of passage moment. They are transitioning into the next phase. So when we humans use that, we we there is this expectation that eventually someone will reach an end of their development. And at that point, it's time to go. It's time to get out. It's time not to be nurtured or dependent anymore. And it's time to go and and fend for oneself elsewhere in the world. So the other thing about nests, I suppose, that ties into this is that they're not permanent. That's the other assumption that we make about these. They're not permanent. And usually for birds, they're not. Apparently for for these particular birds, maybe it is, at least for, for a little bit longer. But a staying in the nest is not meant to be permanent. That's the other assumption that is made, given this metaphor, given this analogy. So you are nurtured in this safe, dependent environment, and then eventually you're going, it is assumed, to reach a point where you are done growing, you are done developing, and so with this never meant to be a permanent situation, it's time for you to go through that rite of passage and go out into the world to be on your own. So that that's 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 the metaphor. That's the metaphor. Now, there are a couple things. Of course, once again, I've I've said this, we're not birds. We're not birds. And our human development we may assume follows a a linear predictable pattern but it often does not especially given certain certain discrepancies certain certain interruptions of the linear timeline that was expected of older generations there is much less of a safety net there are many less many fewer sure things to step into or to fly into if you want to continue the the metaphor for birds a nest is temporary for humans maybe it is or maybe it isn't For some of us, the development takes longer. For some of us, we need more time or more resources. Or we start one path of development and then that doesn't pan out for one reason or another. We we discover that that really wasn't the path 
for us. And so it's time to go back to the nest and try a different flight pattern, if you will, instead until we figure it out after that. Or, or we need more time to, to assess and acquire the resources we need to go through that rite of passage. So for birds, yes, nests are temporary. For humans, it gets a bit messier. Here's the other thing about nests, or one of the other things about nests. Maybe what we need to do, in, instead of thinking about nests in terms of dependence, that we instead think about nests in terms of community. That is, if we need a longer season in the nest, it's not be necessarily because we're dependent on others or we want to be dependent on others. It could just be that we need a supportive community around us. And maybe that's our, our caregivers, but it may also be others in the larger community in which we live. Our chosen family, our loved ones, our friends, those on whom we are relying, those with whom we are in community as we continue to figure ourselves out. Whether it's because something didn't pan out the way that we thought it would, or because we need longer to figure ourselves out, or because we need longer to navigate the new reality of those lack of safety nets that others were able to enjoy before us. So, maybe we need to rethink the nest. We need to rethink the nest for a new era, a new time where things are not as they were, where community is meant to as it always was, I think. Even during the, the time when, when rugged independence was at its highest value, that to nest to stay in the nest, to stay in any nest, is because we can't just do this ourselves. And really, we never were. So if everything that I said in the last segment wasn't enough for us to reconsider the application of this leaving the nest metaphor, here's, here's one more thing, one more thing to ponder, one more thing to consider for our own human existence, our own human reality or predicament or, or however it is that you want to put it. 
So here, here it is. What if there's more than one nest? What if we considered that our lives, the trajectory of our lives, includes or features more than one nest? So again, typically we think of the nest as we're, we're living in our earliest developmental years in, in one particular situation with parental units, caregivers, how, who, whoever that is for you. And then eventually we leave the nest. We, we leave that caregiving situation. And then we are out on our own, and the assumption is that there is no more nest after this. I say, yeah, there is. Because eventually, you find other people, right? For some, that's starting your own family. For others, it's moving in with friends roommates, other family members, some new situation where maybe it's more of a temporary thing understood while you're getting more education or training elsewhere, or maybe it's you're just, this is the new part of your life. You're, you're staying in a new nest, you're building a new nest, a new place of safety and security, a new place where you're going to be nurtured, a new place where where you have found a, a place where you are going to develop anew. Because that's that's one of the big things about the nest that that we need to reconsider is that the assumption is that we develop to a point and then we stop. When really, we're always developing. There's always something within us that's going to be in need of nurturing. There's always going to be something within us that is going to call for more growth. It's just that we're, we'll be in a different phase, a different season of our lives, where we may, may need that development or that growth in different ways than we did before. We're still going to be learning. We're still going to be discovering. But now we're going to do it in a different way. And we're still going to need a nurturing sort of environment for that to happen in the best and healthiest way. So sure, we've left one nest, but now we're in another one. And maybe the people are different, and the living situation's different. And the, the ones around us, the, the resources, the community around us is different. But that doesn't make it less of a nest less of a place where we are still seeking safety and nurturing 
a place for our development to continue. So sure, that first nest, it, it was temporary. It, it wasn't a permanent situation. But now we've moved on to another perhaps temporary situation, but no less one that we need for ourselves and for the people around us. Because, here's the other part of it, we are also helping or perhaps expected or will find ourselves helping to foster that nest for someone else. It's not just our roommates or our loved ones or our new families that is providing it for us. We are also, by virtue of also living there, also providing that safety and security and nurturing and community for the people we live with. It's not a one-way street. Instead, we are active participants rather than passive recipients. Sure, we reach a point where we're not the little bird heads poking out, just waiting to receive what others will give us. But nevertheless, we will still have needs that we can't provide for ourselves. And at the same time, we will also have the increased ability to give of ourselves to others as they need it. We can help build a nest for others as much as we may expect or hope others to provide it or build it for us. So I suppose what this all comes down to is that, yeah, the metaphor of the nest, particularly the metaphor of leaving the nest, it, it still has use. It, it doesn't, we no longer have the same ability or expectations. We can't have the same expectations that we once did because the world has changed and we've discovered that human need, uh, our, our discoveries about it, our realizations about it have changed, at least for a certain portion of us. And so it may not, it may be that, yes, we, we come to a point where it is time to leave the nest. It is time to go off. We've reached a certain development. We've reached the end of one season. So it is time to spread our wings and to go out into the world. But it may just be that that will involve going elsewhere to build another nest and to continue our development in new and exciting ways. Thank you for listening to the Coffeehouse Contemplative Podcast. I'm Jeff Nelson. You can find more about my writing, including all my books, at jeffreyanelson.com. You can also find me on social media, Jeffrey A. Nelson on Facebook, 
and I'm at Bold Roast Rev on Instagram, Blue Sky, and Threads. Have a great week.